Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. The waxing moon is moving through the constellation of Leo. Mars is fading in the night sky. And Venus hangs heavy in the west. Venus seems enormous right now, especially late at night. Low over our western mountains. From my vantage point, it sets in the San Bernardino Mountains about 15 degrees northwest of San Gorgonio, which is still crowned with deep snow as we enter the merry month of May. And meanwhile, upon the desert floor, and splashed brightly up the desert hillsides, there are wondrous carpets of yellow and orange and violet wildflowers. The nights are still cool. Still cool and fine, and the days now in the 80s still mild. The narrow jackrabbit trails I prefer barely discernible through knee-high stands of fiddle neck and great clumps of chia and mallow. The saturated color of the desert bluebells is reaching a violet perfection in these days of middle spring. Now, if you look up the desert bluebell, the flowers are described as blue or purple. Purple is a mix of blue and red, while violet has its own place on the color spectrum. The final visible color before ultraviolet. The great alchemist and astrologer Isaac Newton divided the visible spectrum of color into seven. Seven colors, because of the importance of the mystical number of seven. 
colors, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. It was the year of 1666 when Newton conducted his now famous experiment with the prism and natural sunlight. So the colors he divided into seven because of the mystical significance of that number. Some people still argue that blue and indigo could or should be contained within a single color. Newton chose the word spectrum for equally esoteric reasons. Spectrum comes from the Latin, meaning apparition, as in the visual appearance of a spirit, a mystical vision, a specter. From the same root that gives us specs as a pair of eyeglasses, or the specifications for you to see to understand, from spezio in Latin to observe, to look, to see. Skeptical comes from the ancient Greek version of the same Proto-Indo-European word, speck. One of Newton's great works, the book Optics, became the basis for many sciences and industries of today, such as the division of the electromagnetic spectrum from ionizing radiation to visible light to the radio waves used to carry this program to you. Whether over the waves of terrestrial radio's frequency modulation band or the cell phones and Wi-Fi you use to listen to a podcast. scientist James Clerk Maxwell who proposed the existence of radio waves on the far end of Newton's color spectrum. In Maxwell's great work of 1865, A Dynamical Theory of the Electromagnetic Field, formed the classical theory of electromagnetic radiation. That electricity and magnetism and light itself was all a part of this mostly invisible spectrum. The radio waves he proposed were soon harnessed by Heinrich Hertz. Just 20 years later, Hertz is in the rental car company. That's that's not true. Hertz is in the measurement unit of frequency. With one hertz equal to one cycle, Wi-Fi operates at 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. 
said Heinrich Hertz of James Clerk Maxwell's equations. It is impossible to study this wonderful theory without feeling as if the mathematical equations had an independent life and intelligence of their own. As if they were wiser than ourselves. Indeed, wiser than their discoverer. As if they gave forth more than he put into them. Well, radio followed, as did radar and the exploitation of radiation, along with all the modern physics of relativity and quantum mechanics and all that. And until the 20th century, radio to transmit sound was called Hertzian waves. James Clerk Maxwell accomplished so much in his short life of 48 years that it seems impossible for a mere mortal. He was a fine poet, greatly influenced by his countryman Robert Burns. And there are a dozen disciplines that Maxwell can rightly be called the father of. From thermodynamics to control theory to the very concept of the singularity. Maxwell had his dramatic religious conversion experience at Cambridge when he was a student. And he remained an evangelical Christian and a practicing Presbyterian to his last bodily breath, becoming an elder of the Church of Scotland later in his too brief life. He was a member of a group called the Apostles at Cambridge, a group of rigorously intellectual young people who maintained the importance of a mystical and spiritual life. Another apostle at the time and a great influence on Maxwell's personal thinking was Frederick Denison Maurice, F.D. Maurice today regarded as a principal founder of Christian Socialism. Both saw the tyranny of the capitalist industrial revolution, even as they created many of the tools that would be used to exploit so much of the natural world. From radio waves to humanity itself. Maxwell was, like Newton, a constant investigator into the nature of color and vision, which ultimately resulted in the first color photograph created by Maxwell in 1861 with Thomas Sutton, the inventor of the single-lens reflex camera. Maxwell made these three filters using the red-green-blue system that your phone or computer still uses today. 
the RGB color palette of online pictures. The first color picture shows a ribbon of Scottish tartan. And you can see it today in person if you want. Just go to 14 India Street in Edinburgh, where Maxwell was born and where a small museum honors his life's work. intelligence more the Greek concept of a diamond than the sulfurous demon of Western Christianity controls physics with its thoughts with its intention and it was a thought experiment by Maxwell a thought experiment about information becoming energy In the case of Maxwell's demon, an intelligent entity allows hotter or colder molecules on either side of his otherwise open vessel. Based on the demon's ability to know all molecules and decide their path. Thus, without expenditure of work, raise the temperature of portion B and lower that of portion A, in contradiction to the second law of thermodynamics. It was another century and a half before researchers managed to make it happen. As the journal Nature reported on 14 November 2010 under the headline, Demonic Device Converts Information to Energy. With the subhead, Experiment Inspired by a Paradox Tempts a Bead Uphill. Says the article by Zia Morali. The laws of physics say that you can't get energy for nothing, or still you will always get out of a system less energy than you put in. But a nanoscale experiment inspired by a 19th century paradox that seemed to break those laws now shows that you can generate energy from information. 
Physicist Masaki Sano and his colleagues at the University of Tokyo have demonstrated that a bead can be coaxed up a spiral staircase without any energy being directly transferred to the bead to push it upwards. Instead, it is persuaded along its route by a series of judiciously timed decisions to change the height of the steps around it. Based on information about the bead's position. In this sense, quote, Information is being converted to energy, says Sano. The work is published by Nature Physics today. This is from James Clerk Maxwell himself, his own pen. Happy is the man who can recognize in the work of today a connected portion of the work of life and an embodiment of the work of eternity. The foundations of his confidence are unchangeable for he has been made a partaker of infinity. He strenuously works out his daily enterprises because the present is given him for a possession. Thus ought man to be an impersonation of the divine process of nature, and to show forth the union of the infinite with the finite, knowing that time is a mystery which man cannot endure to contemplate until the eternal truth enlighten it. Well, we were talking about planets, and when talking about James Clerk Maxwell, we really should be talking about Saturn. Because it was Maxwell who proposed that Saturn's rings were not solid circular rings, as was commonly believed by astronomers of the time, but by countless individual particles in various stages of change, visible even in the telescopes of the mid-19th century. Cassini Space Probe paid special attention to the space between rings known as Maxwell's Gap, one of several large gaps between the bands of rings visible from Earth through even a halfway decent telescope. And if you are an early riser, you can see Saturn in the morning sky to the east before dawn, low in the southeastern sky this week. But we were looking at Venus tonight initially. That striking and very bright planetary neighbors setting behind the western mountains about now, depending on your view at the moment. When you live under such an immense living sky, 
It's easy to see and feel why the movements of the planets have played such an immense part in humanity's culture. It's religion and philosophies and mythologies and sciences. All the great arts of our species. Wrote D.H. Lawrence. The cosmos is a vast living body of which we are still part. The sun is a great heart whose tremors run through our smallest veins. The moon is a great nerve center from which we quiver forever. Who knows the power that Saturn has over us or Venus? But it is a vital power rippling exquisitely through us all the time. You know, our oldest human-made monuments and trinkets point to the stars, to the sun and the moon and the five visible planets, the source of our sacred number seven. The month, the phases of the moon, divide into four weeks of seven. It is the number of completion and fulfillment in the Old Testament and new, as it was for civilizations of the Tigris and Euphrates, from whence came Abraham, that famed cattle rustler and father of three religions. The seventh day is the day of rest, or it was before late capitalism anyway. The seventh year is when the bondsmen and women must be freed, when the debts must be forgiven, when the cultivated land must be left fallow. There are seven lamps on the menorah. Those who sin against nature are punished sevenfold. So spake the Lord. And Leonard Cohen of the priestly tribe was on the side of snake eyes. I'm on the side that's always lost against the side of heaven. I'm on the side of snake eyes tossed against the side of seven. from Taurus and Gemini as our closest planetary neighbor, the morning star and the evening star. The light bringer. Lucifer in the language of ancient Rome. Phosphorus in ancient Greece. Nincyana in ancient Sumer. Or as 
Robert Hunter wrote a half century ago. Counting stars by candlelight, all are dim but one is bright. The spiral light of Venus, rising first and shining best. Isaacs and across the great Mojave wilderness. You've been listening to Desert Oracle Radio with fine new soundscapes tonight by our own musical apostle, Red, Blue, Black, Silver. I'm your host, Ken Lane. If you're listening on the radio, then you know where we broadcast on Friday nights. 10 p.m. on KCDZ 107.7 on the Frequency Modulation Band, SFM, in the Mojave High Desert. You can hear us on KZMU and Moab on Saturday nights, 9 o'clock. And on about another dozen fine community radio stations around the United States. If you find yourself in the deserts during this month of mild weather and wildflowers, don't forget your allergy pills and your sinus irrigation system and all that. Everything does smell so very good right now, though. I'll take the itchy eyes at night if I can sit on a low boulder in a sandy wash with wildflowers up to my ears. The bees so heavy with pollen that they can barely make it to the next bloom. Thanks for listening to Desert Oracle Radio. And good night from the voice of the desert. <laughs>